This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's catch up. An NFL podcast with Taylor Bashotti And Sam Batesh. Where we talk about the biggest headlines in the NFL. So, Taylor, you know what? Let's catch up. It's been too long. Yeah, we really should. Blue Wire. Sam, let's catch up. Let's catch up, Taylor. What a Sunday. Absolutely. A great game for both of our teams. So congratulations to the Eagles and congratulations to the Ravens. Ridiculous who, week 16. Yeah. Uh, and definitely let's catch up an NFL podcast. With Taylor Bashotti and Sam Batesh. Uh, brought to you by chocolate chip cookie bars <laughs> from CNM Cafe, which last week you absolutely destroyed an I entire did. tin of those. I did. And this weekend I actually made uh, peanut butter blossoms. How do I not know about this? Why am um, I learning about this right now? Yeah, they, they're, it's bad how I'm good they are. That. It's I'm bad. I'm going to need that at some point. But you know what I was doing is I was celebrating in advance of the Ravens clinching their 11th straight in the top seed in the AFC playoffs. Here's what I can't believe. For the I, first time in franchise history, by the way, they'll have home field advantage and a first round bye. I am blown away by what I saw today out of the Ravens. And here's why, Taylor. First of all, we're supposed to start with yay or nay. So let me ask you this, Taylor. The Ravens have solidified their path to the Super Bowl with the win and wrapping up the one seed in the AFC, yay or nay? Gosh, they still there's this one team that they're going to have to get by that's really scary. And okay. that's there's actually two that I think are really sure. scary right okay. now. I think the Patriots kind of stepped it up this week. And I also, as always, I think the Chiefs are the biggest threat. Chiefs will always be that threat because they have the two wins. But going through Baltimore is huge and having these games off because, in essence, they've got week 17 completely off where they can rest all of their starters, which is just going to be critical. Essentially back-to-back bye weeks. Because this game means nothing. How is it that they're now going to have two bye weeks? But But we've got to talk about Mark Ingram, who has a, in quotes, calf injury. Let's hope that that's not serious. Mark Andrews, you saw just how quickly... If a player gets hurt, how quickly that it can affect a season that's going so well. Taylor, how about what happened in the first half of this game against the Browns? Now, 11 straight wins, as you mentioned, to start us off for the Ravens. And of course, it all started because the last loss was the first time they played the Browns. And the way this first half was going, it looked as if the Browns could upset the Ravens on Sunday. It was kind of like week four all over again was about to happen. Except for the fact that Chubb wasn't running the way he was in week one against them. It was different. Mm -hmm. Baker, I thought, looked very comfortable for about a quarter and a half of this game. Then in the span of two minutes before halftime, in the blink of an eye. You know what's funny is that I prepared a tweet on my phone that I saved as a draft that was going to say the Browns held the Ravens scoreless in the first half for the first time all season. Thank God I had to keep that as a draft. That's why we write tweets, we breathe, we read them out loud, (laughs) and then we wait to send them for moments like that. Well, no, but I I thought just in case the half came up and they were held scoreless, but all of a sudden Lamar clicked into action. Look what Lamar can do. Mark Andrews, Mark Andrews, bang, bang. And the game never looked the same after that for Cleveland. I mean, it was pretty much 
done after that. Cleveland, I think that just ripped the soul right out of Cleveland. But again, like you said, I'm going to say yay. You're going yay. I'm going to go look, yay. Look, it feels like it. I keep saying, I keep stamping it, and I keep telling anybody that's listening out there, and for everybody out there that's just wondering, you know, okay, they seem to talk about the Ravens a lot, but here's what it comes down to, Taylor. This season is going to be remembered. And it's the season the of season, Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson. It's not even, it is the Ravens, but in, in essence, it's Lamar Jackson changing the game. It is Lamar each and every week, and even this week, as I mentioned, in a game that looked through a half, Oh wow! This is the game where Lamar Jackson isn't brought quite back down on to it. reality. This is the one that they're going to have to lose before they keep going. This is no, no. Instead, you look at his stat line, and it's basically what it is every single week. And the first quarterback in the history of the league to throw for three thousand yards mm-hmm. and rush for a thousand. He had yards. over two hundred passing yards, over a hundred rushing yards. He's the he's got the most passing touchdowns in Ravens history. So again, not bad for a running back, right? Not bad. <laughs> not bad nobody for a cares. Back. Work harder. That shirt, that motto sticks to this team like nobody else. Because look what happened in I've the NFC. Okay, give it to before, me. Wanna, before okay, we go switch to the it NFC. up. Switch it up. Well, All right, give me. We're one. on our way to the NFC. Okay, but give it to me. What do you got? Your Eagles and Cowboys. The Cowboys had a chance to clinch that the it. division today. That would have that been, it. been it. The whole theme of them trying to make it into the playoffs would have been done. All they had to do was win today, and they couldn't get the job done. And now, it's the, essentially their fate is in the Eagles' hands. It is entirely. Week so I'm going to say, give it to me. The Eagles win the NFC East. Yay or nay, the Eagles win the NFC East. Well, I'm going to have to say at this point, even though I've said to all my friends, the funny thing will be the Eagles beating the Cowboys and then losing to the Giants week 17. But what I've said consistently to you, I'm going to answer it with yay. The Eagles are going to win the NFC East. And the reason I now can say that to you, Taylor, is what have I said You've not said that all year. You've been saying the Cowboys are going to win. I'm addicted to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott comes up in critical situations. He gets the job done. And every time I watch Dak on Sunday, he's crushing my soul because it's another Cowboys victory in a crucial spot, which again against the Rams last weekend was. If there was was, ever a crucial spot, today was the day. It had to be today Not only for the Cowboys, but for Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott certainly defining moments for them and for this season. The reason I'm saying yay to you about the Eagles is this. What I constantly circled on the calendar for you again and again was, as cute as this is that the Eagles have their fate yeah, in their own hands, the Eagles and Cowboys unfortunately, play, they can't beat the, the Cowboys. Cowboys are going to win. That's what I said. And this was a completely different script that I never could have guessed what happened today. Who are the two guys that did not jump out on the stat sheet when you go back and look at this game for the Cowboys. Who are the Dak two guys? Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. Correct. And one other guy I'll throw out there, which is tied, of course, directly to Dak, Amari Cooper. Yeah. The Eagles defensively, Jim Schwartz, we've got to give him a ton of credit because this was the defensive game the Eagles needed, and they got it at home, and now, as long as they can beat Daniel Jones and the Giants, which is no easy task if they no, can do Daniel that week Jones 17. put up some crazy numbers today. Saquon Barkley. But I'm going to give it to out. you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to say, yay, the Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Okay. And, and the interesting thing now is, if that does happen, imagine now for the Cowboys. So many questions about Dak moving forward. So many questions about Jason Garrett. How many although questions are going to be really about probably Dak not. moving forward? No, well, He's th- going to be the quarterback. They're probably there. going to. How much is what we don't know. We just don't know how much Dak is going to earn moving forward. But Jason Garrett, to me... This is tough to swallow. I thought so many questions were answered. This week 17 game means so much to both of them because it could still be either one. It still could because, again, the Eagles in losing to Miami the way they did 
they no longer have any room for error whatsoever. So, again, I'm going to give it to you. Now, what do you think? I mean, do you think that now this division belongs to the Eagles? I mean, clearly they're in the driver's seat, if you will. I've seen them stumble. They certainly look. Carson Wentz looks like he has figured something out. But what did you see in that game today that you could say for either of these teams moving forward into Week 17? These are two teams where week by week we have a differing opinion. Yes. And week by week they look like complete opposite teams from what they looked like the week prior. I think it's totally up for grabs. I don't, I'm, I'm not glad com- you'd say that. I'm not confident in either one of these two teams. I will say I'm slightly more confident in the Cowboys' offense, which is surprising after the performance this I week. I think you can say that, though. If I you think they've the got season, more weapons. Yes. I think they've got Ezekiel Elliott. I think they've got Tony Pollard. I think they've got Michael Gallup. I think they've got Amari Cooper. Randall Cobb was also a key part of today's mm-hmm. game. Had they come back in that game, it would have been on the back of Randall Cobb. And for largely. the Eagles, they've got Zach Ertz. And Zach Ertz was injured today. We don't know how he's going to feel week 17 either. He was hit very hard at the goal line, in and out of the game, in and out of the blue tent. I'm glad you're saying it still looks like it's up in the air and could go either way. I have to say this much. So much was made of this game as to whether or not this was the biggest game of Carson Wentz's career. I don't know that we can say that, but I'll say that we probably can now stamp it as this. It's definitely the biggest win of his career that he had to do almost single-handedly. Carson Wentz to be playing with Greg Ward, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, mm-hmm. to be throwing key passes all game. Dallas Goddard had his greatest game as an Eagle. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz, over the course of the last three weeks, clearly stamped himself. Whoever wants to talk about Foles, Wentz moving yeah. forward, I think Wentz has now well, truly put this Foles, team though. on his back. Foles, not a single win in Jacksonville this season. Wentz clearly define this all right taylor there's one other that i want to finish with because this was crucial the score that jumps out yes it is i thought the score that jumped out on sunday that you look and you look again and you say wait that that can't be there's a few but i couldn't believe that cardinal seahawks score and now week 17 so i'm gonna ask you this the niners have wrapped up the nfc west yay or nay You're saying yay. I'm saying yay very confidently simply because, first of all, the Rams had a hell of a game against the Niners. Oh, that, and that game they, was back and forth. And the, the Rams, Niners did not look that amazing until you saw Jimmy Garoppolo convert on two third and 16. Third and 16, third and 16, and of course the pass to Sanders that really won the and game. And I'm so tired of everybody saying, you know, Jimmy's the weak part of this offense. He, talk about some a quarterback that came up and played in critical moments. Jimmy Garoppolo played in critical moments and pulled through he has done it now in two specific games I thought he played excellent the first game they played against Arizona which was on Thursday night football weeks ago I thought that was his best game of the season through for 400 yards in that game but to me the, the Saturday biggest... night game that was defined by Jimmy Garoppolo those two passes totally. you're talking about but and another reason why I think that the Seahawks are going to struggle is because obviously what happened today which is terrible is that <laughs> Uh, Chris Carson is likely out for the season. I, you know what? I, I think for fun, certainly for you and I, I I'm going to say that the Niners, I'm going to say nay. The Niners okay. have not wrapped up the NFC West, and I'm just going to go simply on the fact that the logistics tell us it's not wrapped up because well, what's the logistics beautiful. Haven't. It's, it's amazing that it's, I don't think this has ever happened before. In fact, I think I read a stat that it has never happened before, but the Packers, Seahawks, Saints, and Niners were all 11-3 and three coming into this week. It's so fun that Week 17 gives us this incredible swing between the Seahawks and the Niners, where you can essentially 
be playing at home, have a bye week, or have to play wild card weekend on the road. Your two paths to the Super Bowl entirely different based mm-hmm. on one game. Winner gets the division, and the loser see a wild card weekend on the road somewhere else. That's amazing. And it's all credit to Russell Wilson for what he did in overtime mm-hmm. against the Niners in that Monday night football game. And now if he can somehow find a way to do it again, he reaps the benefits. He I do want to bring week. up one more thing before we go. Yes, and it's a little bit of a discussion about a team that America likes to hate we, unless we, you're from Boston. Have we gone this far without even mentioning them? We the have. Patriots. We, we have. You, you mentioned them only in that other I team. I think that the Patriots actually looked really surprisingly good against the bills their offense which has been just put through the ringer in terms of what people say about them oh they can't get the ball going they can't get the ball going they're not going to move the ball at all on offense well guess what they did they moved the ball and, and they again, got the job done edelman in and Julian out of the game. edelman is what a warrior what a warrior, <laughs> what a warrior. going into the medical tent coming Ooh. out immediately like makes making a catch an amazing the second he comes into the game play. boom biggest play of the game for brady you might not need that many receivers when you've got julian edelman on the field so i will ask you this then and had Rex Burke had not turned the ball over in the beginning of the game, was it the opening drive, opening drive of the game, Rex Burke had turned the ball over. I think this could have been a far different score and a much bigger blowout. You saw that Tom Brady, you saw him trying to get into the end zone. He wasn't scared to run, and he's he's putting it all out there to win. I think that this Patriots team is a lot better than people are giving them credit for right now. Well, again, at the end of the season, it always seems they're exactly where they need to be. Mm-hmm. 12 seasons I will say the disappearing time on the clock was a little sketchy okay, okay. the lack of a face mask uh, ma- face mask call uh, against Josh Allen when that's the only person the only player on the team that you should have your eyes on in that fourth and one play and they miss a deliberate little weird obvious face little weird. mask a little weird but let's say this much the end of the game the Bills put themselves on that play by Cole Beasley down to the seven yard line mm-hmm. they put themselves in position to tie that game and send it to overtime and the Patriots' defense, which we can at least say throughout the course of this entire season, has played what's well. been special, what's been nearly defense. historic, is the, the Patriots' defense. It, it faltered a little bit in the middle of the season, was not as strong as obviously it came on in the beginning. It was putting up these historic records course, every week. And people said, oh, well, look at the competition. We can say this much now. There's a real team in their division. We've got a 10-win Bills team. You can't just mm-hmm. say that's a layup. To beat the Bills twice the way they did in two one-possession wins that came down to it at the end – that's a credit to this yeah. defense. That's a credit to what they do each and every week. And the Bills' defense had been allowing 14 points a game on the road all season. And the Patriots scored 24. That was impressive. We talk about this offense, like you said, sputtering all season. Found a way, found a way, found a way when it mattered most. And that's impressive. And to me, I think, again, the Patriots are scary. I'm still going to say the season belongs to the Ravens. But <laughs> that remind, like that summed up that entire game for me. me. And it said, Tom Brady is playing this game very calculated and strategic and mathematical. And then you've got Josh Allen on the field that's playing it like either it's his the last day of his life or the last last game he's ever going to be the quarterback of like I mean those were just two polar opposite quarterbacks in those situations and you saw that experience and the veteranness of Tom Brady Tom Brady knows what to do in the most crucial situations I don't think he's going to be running out for three yards into the end zone again I don't think he's going to try that he was like should I go for it should I not I don't know what to do was absolutely (laughs) hysterical he thought okay maybe I can juke somebody out you got to have about another 10 miles an hour to do that that if he wouldn't have like sidestepped and like 
you think if he just if he if just you bowed just, his head forward, he would have gotten right in if he plowed in? I don't know about I that. I think I, he kind of felt like Lamar Jackson in that situation. I think Dion calls these business to, he decisions. He was trying out his best Lamar Jackson move. He's like, you know what? I'm tired of them talking about this young quarterback that's making all these like video game moves. I'm Good going for him. I'm, I'm trying That it. was his Lamar and move. Then, and then of course, he decided to like falter a little bit and maybe second guess it. Well, that was like the tweet that he had the week prior when yeah. Lamar had broken Vic's record. And he says, how about a pay-per-view between me and Lamar Jackson on grass where he's in rollerblades and I get to be in my cleats? Well, it looks like Lamar would definitely win that race. Well, Taylor, let's catch up. There's so much. Week 17. So I much love that week 17 still has so much on the line because we still have to watch the Eagles and the Cowboys play yet again. It could come down to the wire. Cowboys have the Redskins. Eagles have the Giants. The division is not wrapped up at all. Ravens will have everyone on their bench next week. (laughs) It's so nice, isn't it? What's that feeling? I mean, it's so nice when a team has the one seed, gets to just wrap up in week 17. We've taken care of everything. But it's a credit to Harbaugh, to Lamar, to not Mm -hmm. slip up. The Niners slipped up against Atlanta divisional game. Marlon Humphrey, Jimmy Smith, Marcus Peters, that entire defense has come together too. And how about Marcus Peters celebrating on the sideline? I don't know that there's anybody I enjoy watching more than Marcus Peters. Watching Marcus Peters on the sideline could be my favorite part of Sundays and Saturdays and Thursdays when I get to watch Marcus Peters. My favorite part of those days is usually chatting with you. Oh, Taylor, that is absolutely adorable. Thank you, Thank you so much. Let's well, catch up. we should up. catch up again this We definitely week. will. And by the way, I just want to say this much. I love when the NFL gives us Saturday football. I know, me too. It's we'll fun. talk about this one other time. My dream, by the way, a little crazy, is for a Saturday night Super Bowl. That's my dream. I love Saturday football, Sunday to recover, just throwing it out there. But yes. By the way, Sam and I will both be in Miami. That's exciting. So we'll be catching up quite a bit. We certainly will. All right, Taylor, let's catch let's up. Let's do this again this week. Can't wait.